You're listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you for joining me today. And as we, as I usually do, what I'd like to do is begin with a prayer. And for those things that are on your heart right now, for those things that we need to pray for, I know that in most families, there are uh, spiritual battles. There are temporal battles. There are struggles with finances. There are struggles... Uh, my wife and I are now in our 50s, and there are, there are struggles with, with children as they age and face uh, the world and, and have to make their own decisions. We always pray for them and that God would give them the wisdom to, to follow his will. A lot of families struggle financially. A lot of families deal with things health-wise. We place all that before the Lord, and we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell, Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pro-life activism. Today, what I'd like to discuss are a number of things related to what we're seeing in the world. There are just some, some very unfortunate and scary things. Here at the American Life League, we've talked a lot about the vandalism and the violence and the threats that are being made against uh, pregnancy health centers, that are being made against pro-life organizations, that were just made last week, and you'd almost have to search out the information to find it on the threat to Justice Brett Kavanaugh's life and his family, a young man from California who traveled across the country to assassinate the Supreme Court justice because of his pro-life stances, because of his belief that Roe versus Wade is a grave immoral injustice. And quite frankly, the decision hasn't even been released yet. That would be the Dobbs decision which is a case that was brought before the Supreme Court uh, last year. Uh, the arguments were heard, and it asked about the ability of Mississippi to enforce a law that um, allowed uh, children after uh, a certain week not to be aborted. At the American Life League, we're not necessarily supportive of those types of laws uh, for the simple reason that uh, who is to say, right, if we're going to be arbitrary, and we, we, we know the answer, but how is a child not a child at 15 weeks in one day versus 14 weeks in one day or 26 weeks in two days? We believe that children in the womb are, are just equal to you and I, a blessing from Almighty God and deserve protection from the moment of their creation. So while we applaud Mississippi and other states that are trying, uh, we, 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 we appreciate the zeal and, and support the effort, uh, we're very careful not to support language that still leads to the deaths of children. All that being said, the Dobbs case looked uh, fundamentally at Roe versus Wade, and when the decision, the upcoming decision was leaked, the draft decision overturned Roe versus Wade. So what does that mean? Roe versus Wade uh, is a grave injustice. It's a decision that was essentially calculated in an argument that was created, a case that was created, and knowing the world, it was, it was put before the Supreme Court, and, and the other side more than likely knew the outcome before it was even given, uh, because that, that's how the devil works. And when Roe versus Wade was legalized, or, sorry, or put into law uh, from that time, from 1972, 73 on, you have 65, 66 million children that have died through surgical abortion. And Lord knows the number of chemical abortions. It's probably twice that. You could be looking at almost 300 million people, 250 million people that, that have been murdered because of abortion. And somehow those that support life are now being targeted as bad guys by those that support you know the murder and slaughter of children so we don't know what the decision is what 
it is actually going to say. The leaked draft, I think, was put out there three to four weeks ago. The final decision, whatever that is, has not been released yet. And I don't know the likelihood of a Supreme Court justice or a clerk or people close to them that may be listening to this right now. But if it were me, there isn't a law. I looked this up before I was going to talk today. There isn't, there's no law. There isn't uh, any regulation. There isn't any mandate that says the Supreme Court has to release a decision by a certain date. They have tradition, right? They will hear a case in December. They traditionally release it in June on a certain Monday, on a certain Wednesday. That's tradition. There's no regulation. Because of the violence and the evil of the other side, I wouldn't release it until this coming winter, right? I would, if, if, if you want to fight a fight, I would go past the election. I would go past the election into December, and I would release it right around, uh, right around probably Christmas time, perhaps even after the new year. I would do it at my convenience. I would, I would do it out of the fact that number one, it's winter. Uh, you're less likely to to have people riding in the winter, and secondarily, um, the other side has already shown who they are. Right? They're protesting of uh, Supreme Court justices' homes. Many of those justices have have spouses and children. Um, the fed, federal law says it's illegal and I believe a felony to protest and try to influence a decision uh, that goes back to the gangster days of 1920s and 30s um, and 40s. And yet it's being allowed. You know, we live in a time and a place where if you look at immigration, if you look at violence, if you look at the, the, the violence from 2020 and, and burning our cities to the ground and murdering over three dozen people, if uh, the Black Lives Matter nonsense, if you look at the uh, current protesting in front of homes, if you look at the abdication of any responsibility for people flooding into this country, uh, of, of the drugs crossing our border, of, of, of God knows who else is crossing that border of human trafficking, the federal government has made it very clear uh, they'll selectively enforce the laws that they want to. And that's how you destroy a country, right? And I think that this decision will be used by the demonic side to to reign terror and death on god's people and so we have to be prepared you have to be smart right the bible says be gentle as a dove but wise as a serpent you have to prepare to defend your family you have to prepare to defend your property you have to prepare to defend your faith right they not just vandalized crisis pregnancy centers they have vandalized catholic churches they have uh, vandalized um the, the homes of people that work in these uh, uh, pregnancy resource centers. So we have to be wise, we have to be smart. And if Roe versus Wade is indeed overturned, what does that mean? It certainly it's not gonna outlaw abortion. It now goes back to the states. Now the 50 states have the say of whether or not abortion is legal. And imagine what a mess that's gonna be, right? You talk about blue and red states. Um, some states will have abortion legal from the moment of uh, creation of a, a child till, till, the, till a little bit of time after he or she is born. We've already seen that in New York. We've already seen that in Colorado. There will be states that enforce restrictions, meaning you cannot have an abortion um, after a certain week or, after, or perhaps after a certain condition or if a certain condition is present, rather. There will be states that say abortion is illegal, period. And when I say what a mess, because now what you're doing, now what we're going to be dealing with is just a grave inconsistency in the fact that people will uh, travel to have abortions. Uh, California has talked about abortion tourism. Uh, Amazon, 
the, the company has said they will they will fly their employees wherever they need to fly them uh, to have abortions if the state they're in doesn't uh, support abortion. What an absolute disaster. And so what is the answer? Right. The people that support abortion, you can outlaw it tomorrow. It's not going to stop people from having abortions. Right. We fight principalities. This is very much a temporal battle, but it is more so a spiritual battle. The demonic is unleashed, and the demonic is at war here on this planet with God's people. And we have got to have the help of heaven because restrictions on abortion mean that children will still die. Right? I know a lot of well-meaning pro-life people that say it's a victory. It's a victory if we ban all abortions after the 15th week. It certainly isn't a victory for all the children that have died before the 15th week. It doesn't make any sense. And who are you to decide that? Right? We either believe in life or we don't. There isn't some magical moment when a human being becomes a human being. The day of your birth is incredibly subjective. That's not the moment of your life. right? In my family, uh, my wife and I, with our children, many of her deliveries and uh, the pregnancies when the kids were delivered, the, the day of their delivery, the day of their birth, was chosen. It was chosen because of the size of the baby or because of the health of my wife. It was just random, right? Could have been uh, this week, could have been two weeks earlier, could have been two weeks later. So that's not an indication that all of a sudden you're a human being. And there's so much to, to talk about uh, in that regard. So what what is the answer? Well, as I said, what it means is that babies aren't going to stop dying. It's going to go back to the state level. It's going to be an unmitigated mess. The answer has to be in converting hearts and minds. Right? We have to convert the hearts, minds, and, and souls of people. Right? People that support abortion are pretty angry. You ever notice that? Pretty, I mean, they are filled with hate. They are filled with venom. They are filled with an allegiance to a bloodlust that basically defines them. Right? They're defined by that. And somehow folks that are pro-life are now all of a sudden the bad guys because we're taking away a right, which is, an, which is absolute insanity. Right. The right to murder children should have never been given in the first place. And that comes down to a responsible government teaching its people, which it did prior to Roe versus Wade, that you have the right to life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. That's what makes this the greatest nation on Earth. You have the right to life. That's not a right given to us by the Bill of Rights or the United States Constitution. It's, it was a right recognized in the beginning of this country, ordained by Almighty God. Almighty God, in creating a child, gives us the right to life. And so how do we recognize that? How do we get to a point where folks that are absolutely venomous about their support of abortion have a conversion of heart? Well, it really, it, it, there are a number of things. It's not going to come because of um, our eloquence, right? We have to have the help of, it, of heaven. We have to have the intercessory power of our Blessed Mother. We have to have the, the, the intercession of the saints and angels. It's the only way to break through. Uh, you've got to battle it head on. So while, uh, again, we uh, applaud all of the, the good people around the nation that are, are, are working for laws that help limit abortion, that help perhaps restrict certain abortions, that's not the answer. That's not the answer because children are still dying. And so we have got to focus on, on you know, intercessory prayer. We have got to focus on education. And we have to do things like you and I are doing right now. Um, my good friend Jim Sedlak, who passed away in January, that did this show for over a decade, um, 
talked every Friday for 10, 11, 12 years, every Friday to you know, trying to just share the truth. And when I was asked a few months ago if I could pick up the mantle for him, I, I was honored to do so. Certainly don't feel I could fill his shoes, that's for sure. Um, but hopefully through efforts like this, it's not just edifying those that believe, but hopefully, hopefully encouraging those that believe abortion is, is just fine to think about it, right? You've got the, the number one argument that I hear all the time uh, when I discuss this with, with people that support abortion is that you can't force your views on someone else, that a woman has a right to make any decision she wants with her own body. So there's two things there, right? First, you can't force your views on someone else. They're not my views, right? That's, that's, that's the answer. It's not a view. You're dealing with life. We are either dealing with a human being or we're not. And when a, a child is conceived, it takes a mother and a father, right? And that child has his own unique DNA. That child is a growing, living human being. That child will grow from the moment of his creation until, God willing, he lives 90 to 100 years and you're still growing in your, on, your, on your 90th birthday. You're still growing intellectually. You're still growing spiritually. You're still growing in many facets of your life, right? All, all things can be learned and continue to be learned and expanded on. So the idea that you have dominion over someone who is a human being is false, is false. While it may be a grave inconvenience for someone who doesn't necessarily want to have a child, the fact is you do have a child and you do not have the right to murder that child. And I have said this also for every human being that's been aborted in this country. You know, we Again, 60 plus million surgically and God knows how many chemically. We, we've tried for a long time to quantify that number. It's, it's a staggering number. Again, it's at least twice 60 something million. Every one of those, every one of those, those babies, every one of those, those people who many of them now would, would be in their 40s and you know, early 50s, right? In their 20s, in their 30s, in their teens, right? Uh, over 100 million people. Every single one of them we could have found a home for. A home that would have loved them. A home that would have helped raise them. A home that would have treated them as one of their own children. There is not a reason on God's earth that abortion needs to exist. Right, and it is a lie, and it is a deception, that it is somehow helping people. Another nonsensical argument that I heard is that suggesting that people of color not be able to have abortions, or and, and that was the implication, right? Because some of the arguments that are thrown at us are uh, poor folks, and it's funny to watch white liberals when they talk about poor folks always fall back to the term minority, right? They call everyone else racist. Yet, if you look at the history of abortion, right, and the, the, the sort of the goddess of death, Margaret Sanger, right, uh, who's more than likely rotting in hell as we speak, I certainly wouldn't wish that on anyone, but she was unrepentant and responsible for m the greatest mass murder in the history of humanity. Um, these were people that referred to people of color as human weeds, right? It's interesting that to watch these um, groups, right? These nonsensical orchestrated groups as it, that just spring up. The one that I saw uh, and read about Ruth sent us, right? They're referring to Ruth Ginsburg. 
and they're wearing their, their 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 red dresses with their red hoods, and it's supposed to symbolize whatever nonsense they. It's just absolute garbage, right? Put together by a bunch of rich people, more than likely rich white people, that somehow want to keep abortion legal to help benefit minorities, right? Absolute insanity. When Ruth Ginsburg herself, in perhaps the only moment of clarity the woman ever had in her life, when she was asked about abortion, she said, and I quote. I thought it was intended to help control those populations of people we didn't want more of. There you go. There you have it. Who was she referring to? She's referring to people of color, right? I mean, to me, the, the, the most sickening people on the planet are, 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 are white liberals, people that don't really believe in liberalism, right? They don't really believe in freedom. They believe in, in, in what they want to, to shove down the throats of Americans as their own twisted view. Right. It's drifted far from freedom to tyranny. Right. And one of the, the things that uh, we talk about here at the American Life League are statistics. Right. People have lots of opinions, but numbers are what they are. And, you know, Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, the abortion cartel that exists today, you know, over 70, 75 percent of every one of their kill centers you know, are located within walking distance of a minority neighborhood. Well, isn't that convenient, right? And that though that's a statistic. You know, African-Americans, people of color, make up, I believe, 13 and a half, 14 and a half percent of the total population of the United States of America, which is somewhere greater than 300 million people. Yet black babies are killed at a rate of 36 to 37 percent of all abortions. The city of New York two years ago had more abortions than live births for African-American children, right? So what you're dealing with, right, the Democratic Party, the Democratic Party, which not that long ago was the party of slavery, which not that long ago was the party that went to war to help keep slavery legal, is the same party that says that if we don't have abortions, it's somehow racist and bigoted and oppressive to people of color. Absolute utter nonsense, right? I've often said, you know, if I, Alex Trebek, God rest his soul, was the host of Jeopardy. He passed away, what, I don't know, last year, the year before. And Jeopardy is a show that uh, I grew up watching uh, and enjoy the trivia. Haven't seen it in some time. But if I were ever a guest host, you know, one of the, one of the subject, uh, one of the topics would be things the devil might say. And that's one of them, right? Things the devil might say. And that would be that restricting abortion, or I'm sorry, outlawing abortion, not having abortion, is racist. That is absolute nonsense. When we talk here in the second half of this show, one of the things I want to talk about and focus on are the lies of the enemy, right? Because words matter. Words matter. And I've talked about the fact that we are battling the demonic. And it goes back to, I think, you know, every... Um, uh, uh, maybe conflict in the history of man, the one, one side oppressing the other says we have to convert the hearts and minds of, of the people that we're trying to oppress or take over. When it comes to abortion, of, yeah, of course, right? You have to convert hearts and minds, but we, you have to convert souls, right? And you and I are not capable of that. That's the Holy Spirit. We've got to lean on the Holy Spirit. And that, in the history of mankind, you know, since uh, the, de- the, the birth and the death of Christ, the, the Catholic Church has basically been defined by saints and martyrs. It has been a great struggle, right? Keeping the faith growing, alive, focused, 
um, on the truth is certainly the work of the Holy Spirit, but it's come at great cost if you look at it from a temporal point of view um, to the men and women that have sacrificed everything. Many times given, given, they've given their lives and they've given their lives in some brutal, horrific ways out of love of Christ, right? We are the only faith on the planet that believes in that type of sacrificial love. And that's what it's going to take to convert hearts and minds. How do you convert a soul? Well, it's through love, right? We can sit here and absolutely rip into the other side, but it's going to take love. The problem is, right, and that's one of the things we'll talk about in the second half with the Catholic Church. That's been the answer of, of bishops and cardinals and priests. Oh, we we can't confront sin. We just have to pray for everyone and, and hope that it works out. That's Again, that's nonsense. That's not Christ. It's not what Christ did. Christ hit things head on. Called the guys in the hats and the robes out, right? Absolutely. Um, called them wicked, right? Confronted sin. It didn't say he tolerated sin. He said, sin no more. He said, be perfect. It's a challenge. Right? It's a challenge. We know from scriptures the road to heaven is narrow. It's difficult. The road to hell is wide and often traveled. And for all of us, that it's very understandable. And I again come back to, I, we certainly wouldn't wish hell on anyone. And that's a, that's a whole other conversation. But how do we convert the hearts and minds of people who are marching in front of Supreme Court justices' homes, who are firebombing um, uh, pro-life organizations, who are threatening the lives of people now, it's got to be led by prayer, right? We've got to. Okay, it's got to be led by the rosary. It's got to be led by adoration. It's got to be led by also fearlessness in telling the truth. Abortion is demonic. It is a blood sacrifice to the devil himself. There have been blood sacrifices on this planet probably from day one, right? We know very little about the history of some of these things. It kind of astounds me. But we look at the temples all over you know, the pyramids all around the planet and Central America, in South America, in different parts of the world. And we, we, we know that these were temples meant to sacrifice people, right? And that hasn't changed, right? We're sacrificing people today, 3,000 people a day here in this nation, right? 3,000 children a day for convenience, right? Because it's, it's, not, it's not convenient. It was unplanned. And I got to tell you, if not you and I, then who? right? If not you and I, then who? So I hope my words give you some encouragement. I hope that maybe in your own household, I know certainly in my family, um, you know, not everyone uh, believes the same things. And we talk about these matters a lot because they matter. Some things matter a lot more than others. And when you're dealing with life and death, I mean, what more, what more of an important matter could we discuss. So as we look at pro-life activism, as we look at what's coming and perhaps the overturning of Roe versus Wade and the upcoming battles of dealing with each of the 50 individual states, and I would imagine the other side has a bazillion lawsuits already teed up to try to legalize abortion at the highest level. Um, it's, it's going to, to be a long haul but we know that through Christ, all things are possible. And ultimately we have to return to Christ and have to trust in his divine will and understand that you and I are the instruments, the instruments of his will, right? And that's humbling. I think of myself in that regard. I'm like, are you kidding me? 
excuse me, but we have to, you, we, you have to see yourself that way. Right? We, we have the help of heaven. We have the intercessory power of the saints and the angels. We have adoration. We have the rosary. We've got the greatest weapons ever created. When we speak and discuss about how to fight this battle, uh, there are examples of great courage. And we have to recognize those examples because we need more of them. And if we can have a wave of this type of courage, we can really have an impact because there's the temporal and there's the spiritual. And this is a spiritual battle. This is a battle against the demonic, the blood sacrifice of children, and hell is empowered. Here at the American Life League, through our organization, Stop, Stop, Planned Parenthood, we have our Wednesday Stop Report. And there's a very, very powerful article uh, written by Rita Diller, who is our new director of Stop International. And uh, Rita focuses on an incident that happened where a tabernacle was ripped in two. Okay, ripped in two. There is an order of nuns that was praying and praying to end abortion and being very fervent. You know, and the didn't rip the Eucharist in two but tore a tabernacle into. And you're not going to find that on the internet. You're not going to see that on CBS News, right? But hell is very real, right? If, if heaven is, well, guess what? So is hell. And this isn't Catholic. This isn't Christian. This, is, this, is, this, this isn't uh, 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 pagan. What we're dealing with in abortion is pure evil. And Catholics have an absolute moral responsibility to live their faith above all things. The Lord didn't ask us to be someone on Sunday and someone else every other day of the week. That is a great lie. Recently in Colorado, and I'm, I'm, I'm very involved in this, but I, I Googled it anyway. I Googled it anyway because I wanted to see, like, what is the world saying? So I found this website called religionnews.com. And it, it's just, it's kind of funny to me. I, it's sad, actually. You know, they're anything but religion, right? Religion news. It's probably George Soros writing this or, or one of his minions or, or someone who's you know, so far from Christ yet religion news. So I always like to, and I read a lot of this. I'd love to see what the enemy is saying. And I refer to them as the enemy because they are the enemy. There's good and there's evil. And we have to have courage and we've got to stand firm. We can love you, but we're not going to put up with your nonsense, right? And we're not giving you an inch. And when we start taking back space, you'll be well aware of it, okay? Um, but in Colorado recently, um, there was a bill, a law that was passed, the Reproductive Health Equity Act. Think about that for a minute. Reproductive health, what does that mean? Abortion. Equity, that's just a term of the woke in the nonsensical communist left. Um, <laughs> everything they do now is racist, right? Everybody's a racist. Basically, Christ is racist. The Bible's racist. Faith is a racist, right? I mean, that, that's what this is all about. Right. And and these people just disgust me. So the Reproductive Health Equity Act in Colorado in April um, was a bill um, uh, that was addressed in April, rather, by the the bishops. And uh, when it passed, I don't know, sometime earlier this year. But basically what this bill said is that the Reproductive Health Equity Act. And this this is the framing. Okay, this is the framing from a Catholic man who voted for this thing. His words. The Reproductive Health Equity Act protects a person's right to continue a pregnancy, have an abortion, or to use or refuse contraception without interference from state and local entities. A fertilized egg, embryo, or fetus does not have independent or derivative rights under the laws of this state. Think about that for a minute.
fetus, which means a human being, right? A fertilized egg, which is a, a, a human being, an embryo, which is a human being, does not have independent or derivative rights under the laws of this state. It also does not place limits on when a person may choose to get an abortion. Think about that. No limits, which means as a child, after he's born, he could be murdered. It place, places no limits. That's a Catholic man that, that wrote this description for religion news. <laughs> religion news. I can't stop laughing when I, when I see it in my, my browser. Religion news. Should be called, you know, again, things the devil would say from religionnews.com. And now we bring Satan to you live from religion news. So what? how did the Catholic conference, the, the Catholic of conference, uh, the Catholic conference of bishops of Colorado, thank you. How did the, how did they respond to this? Well, they, they took a courageous stand. Um, and it's something that I hate to keep falling back on this, but you know, my mother, Judy Brown, God love her. She is one of the strongest human beings that, that, that the Lord created in terms of her faith. And that faith has been tested, thrown out of things, thrown out of assaulted by bishops, cardinals, uh, this Pope. I mean, you, you name it, they've, they've come at her. Okay. Uh, she also has been loved and recognized by bishops, cardinals, priests, and popes. You know, St. Pope John Paul II asked her to be the first lay woman in the history of the Catholic Church to be on the Pontifical Academy for Life. And so she was. And then she was appointed to a second term. Then she was appointed to a third term by Pope Benedict. And then, you know, the fellow we have now is there, and we'll talk about that another day. So, you know, Judy Brown has been saying for decades that the Catholic bishops simply need to have courage. Priests, cardinals, bishops, courage, right? If a person supports abortion, they are support, supporting a grave manifest evil. And Canon 915 says, if you persist in support of a grave manifest evil, an abortion is the absolute poster child, the definition in the dictionary of grave manifest evil, you shall not receive communion and you shall be denied communion because we're dealing with the body and blood of Jesus Christ. We either are or we aren't, right? And we are. You know, Christ gave us his body and his blood in the Eucharist, one of the great mysteries of our faith. It is the defining, um, uh, the, I don't even know how to refer to it, it is the defining miracle of our faith. And it is not to be taken lightly. And again, who you are on Sunday kind of matters the, the rest of the week, who you are Monday through Saturday. And people have lived lives now uh, pretending to be Catholic, calling themselves Catholic, you know, thumping their chests in church, yet supporting evil. So the Conference of Catholic Bishops in Colorado said to the lawmakers, the, the Catholic lawmakers, to voluntarily refrain from communion. And why? Because they're creating a grave manifest sin. They are supporting evil, right? The bishop's request, which was made in an open letter and sent to Catholic lawmakers, called voting for Colorado's, you know, quote-unquote, Reproductive Health Equity Act in April, a gravely sinful action that puts legislators at risk of committing a mortal sin. And that's defined by the Catechism of the Catholic Church as one that brings eternal death the sinner does not seek repentance. So there's a guy uh, who helped write and support this bill, Representative David Ortiz, you know, one of the Catholic lawmakers in question. And he said that the bishops, and this is what I want to get into, right? Here, here, comes, here comes the devil. Here we go. The bishops are confusing spirituality with politics. Writing this open letter is a very political statement, said Ortiz. It is not stewarding people's souls. It's being a politician. If they want to be politicians, then they should run for office. You know, also, David, pride is a sin, 
right? And the job of a Catholic priest and a Catholic bishop is to correct us when we're wrong, right? Uh, Christ himself said to St. Peter, who sins you forgive are forgiven, and who sins you retain are retained. And abortion is not like other things, okay? If you're driving 60 miles in a 55-mile-an-hour zone, David, you know, it's a little bit different than supporting the slaughter of children and being the guy that writes the bill and then votes for the bill. You're accountable. You're accountable to death. And I'm not even sure. I mean, is it? How, how do you? How how is that forgiven? Right? The Joe Bidens, the Nancy Pelosi's, the David Ortiz's of the world that have dedicated their lives to death. Sixty-five million people are dead, and they're dead because of uh, that abortion is legal. It's only legal because of them. Right? They're basically handing you the loaded gun and telling you to pull the trigger. That's exactly what they're doing. I mean, is that a simple trip to the confessional and three Hail Marys? Meanwhile, people, 3,000 people are dying tomorrow? I don't believe so. I don't believe that's the way it works, right? That's why these bishops said public repentance, right? They have got to seek forgiveness and then seek repentance. Now, it's interesting because some of these uh, quote unquote Catholic lawmakers have said they'll comply and they'll stay away from the communion rail, which is humility, right? Which is what it's intended. I'm gonna jump to the end of this article because there was a quote down here that, that kind of caught my eye. And I thought this is someone I need to pray for, right? And it's interesting because our friend David Ortiz, right? Who's I just talked about and is, is, is criticizing and, and, and saying that it's political and, and they should run for office and just nonsensical lies of the devil. He actually said he would personally, he will refrain from communion because that is what the bishops are asking. Well, David, the bishops are also asking that you not vote for things that murder people. Though he added that he is not saying other Catholics should do the same. Of course not, right? Of course not. Because pride goeth before death. And then David says, if they think that this will get me closer to God, we will see. As if somehow, you know, their, their actions, well, um, let me continue. He says, I will obey at request and we will see if you are truly bringing the grace, love, and compassion of God to me through that act. Hmm. So my response would be this, David, right? If they think that this will get me closer to God, we will see. That's on you, David, right? They, they, they've instructed you. Now you have to humble your heart. They said seek repentance. Go to confession, David, right? Go to confession. Pray for the grace and wisdom of the Holy Spirit. You know, I mean, David, you could, you could, you could convert a lot of holes, a lot of souls, right? You say you will refrain from communion because that's what the bishops are asking, though I will not suggest others do it. Well, maybe when you actually receive the grace of God, right? And the way that this works is real simple, right? Fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is where wisdom comes from. Humility. The Lord loves the humble heart. But you can't receive either. You can't receive humility. You can't receive wisdom if your pride is in the way, because it's not about you. 100% not about you. So I applaud that closing statement to a degree. You know, I will obey at request, and we will see if you are truly bringing the grace, love, and compassion of God to me through that act. Well, David, I'm going to pray for you, brother. I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit leans on you. Because as someone who's been there, 
if he decides if he decides to put you in his crosshairs, it's unrelenting. It's unrelenting. It's unrelenting, and the Lord at the end will have you. Perhaps a great cost to 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 you because of your pride. And I'm someone who's been there. Pride has got to be burned away. Pride has got to be forsaken for the love of Christ. Because once you get there, the beauty and the grace is incomprehensible. It's incomprehensible. And those are the conversions we need. A guy that voted for a a law that says you can kill your child at any time, including after he or she is born, and you can't restrict an abortion for any reason whatsoever. And he's a Catholic, right? David, brother, you have got to seek repentance and through the sacrament of reconciliation and through humility and time and adoration, God will open your heart to him, not to your own understanding. His ways are not your ways, and his thoughts are not your thoughts. And so my prayer for David is that the Holy Spirit opens his heart. That that's how we end abortion. We have got to have Catholic people. We have got to have God's people faithful, faithful to his will. Again, we only have a church because of it. Christ founded on the disciples. And here's some news. They all died, all of them with John. And they died horrible deaths, smiling, skinned alive, burned, tortured, cut to pieces, fed to It's unbelievable. Imagine if that happened today. Right? People would lose their minds. But that is the price that's been paid and being paid today. You know, I, again, this wasn't news. You can't find it in the news. In Nigeria last week, gunmen walked into mass. People were martyred last week. But it's not in the news because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to the world. And be honest about it. Why doesn't it matter? Well, because they're, they're, they're African, they're black. Who cares? Oh, and they're Christian? Oh, God. You can't put that on the news. That's what this white liberalism, woke nonsense garbage is all about. It's demonic. Shame on anyone that, that is bought into that or is part of it because it's disgusting. It's apt and it's evil. And there is accountability. There is accountability before Almighty God. And it's just amazing. The church continues to have people laying down their lives. And now I'll tell you what, if you didn't hear about it, I would ask you maybe not to look up what happened in Nigeria last week with the murder of these people, because there's a little girl in her, her white communion dress, beautiful little 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 African girl who murdered, right, full of holes. Right, but somehow that's not news. Somehow that's not news. No, no, we need to talk about, you know, Hunter Biden and his laptop because he's an idiot, right, and talk about us other nonsense. Talk about, you know, windmills while we're all paying, you know, $7 a gallon for gas. Right. There's really stupid people in charge of this country. And uh, we as, as Catholics have to be responsible and vote for people that are, are, are faithful. You know, vote for people that have the best intentions of the nation and you, you know, in, in, in mind. And I can tell you on either side of the aisle, that's hard to find. So let's pray for our nation. But I thought I would also, I'd like to read um, when the Catholic bishops in Colorado st- stood up and made this courageous stand as Bishop Cordelione did in San Francisco. And he's done it before. I was reminded he's done it before, but the media won't tell you that. And he did it publicly this time because Nancy Pelosi, you know, talks about her, her Catholic faith. And we're just not sure what Catholic faith that is. Cause it's not, it's not Christ's Catholic faith. We tried to find it on Wikipedia. We couldn't find it. 
Um, we're not sure what she means by that. But we've got Catholic bishops standing up. And so Bishop Samuel Aquila wrote uh, to Judy because Judy thanked them. She thanked the uh, Judy Brown, the president founder of the American Life League, you know, pro-life warrior, um, who's been doing this for 50 years of her life, 50, 60 years of her life. Um, the bishop said, Judy, thank you for your recent letter of support and for your prayers for me and my brother bishops. While it is not a step that any of us, that any of us would wish to take, and he's referring to telling these people not to present themselves to communion. It is necessary to underscore the gravity of the tragedy of abortion. Please continue to pray for the conversion of hearts, not just of politicians, but of all peoples, so that abortion may soon become unthinkable and all life is cherished. Thank you for all you do to support and promote a culture of life. Know of my prayers for you. May our Lord Jesus Christ abundantly bless you. Sincerely yours in Christ, the most reverend Samuel J. Aquila, Archbishop of Denver. Please continue to pray for the conversion of hearts, not just of politicians, but of all peoples. And that's hard. It's hard, isn't it? Right? Talk about Mr. David Ortiz, right? And in his pride in Colorado, his pride in creating and passing a law that basically just says you can kill a child at any time you want up until after he's, he or she is being born. But he ended his comments, you know, to religion news saying that he was going to, he was going to do what the bishops asked and, he, and he'll see, and I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to pray for him because that's an opening, right? I mean, it's an opening, right? God, God works in strange ways. God and God's people. I mean, God's people can be anyone, right? They, as we've seen, they need not, they're not necessarily all the time, the guys in the collars with the robes and the hats, that's for sure. Uh, but God's people, he, he picks. Uh, I, I'm also the football coach of a high school football team, the Warriors, right? St. Michael. Named, the, those names were chosen for a reason, right? And when Christ came 2,000 years ago, the majority of the guys that he picked, or when I'm talking to young men, the dudes that he picked, fishermen, right? These weren't guys in... Um, <laughs> uh, chest high boots with uh, fly fishing rods and funny hats. Nah, fishing back in the day, um, these were big burly men and maybe, maybe wearing a loincloth, right? Maybe not in the heat. And they're just pulling nets. They're, they're rowing boats. They're setting sails. They're setting hooks. They're setting spears. They're, they're working with poles. They've got, these are guys that just work, man. Big working class men, right? And Christ recognized these men need to represent him. And because they had courage, they had it, right? They had that thing, that thing that gets you up early in the morning, that thing that makes you provide for your family, that thing that makes you stand face to face with the enemy. And that's the grace and, and, and of Almighty God, and that's his Holy Spirit. It's not us, right? But God loves those in every generation that, that, that fear him. And so it's not a fear where we go cowering, but we just fear offending him. We realize some sins are worse than others. And, and an abortion, it's the very top of the list. You just killing children is just, it's, just evil. It's an absolute evil. And it's something we have to pray against and then pray for. Pray for people like David Ortiz. Pray for people like Nancy Pelosi. Imagine if she came out today and held a news conference and said, my God, I've had a conversion of heart. Wow. <laughs> the news wouldn't cover it. Right? They say she had a stroke. <laughs> but we need to pray for these people. Same for the president. Right? 50 years he's been in office. 1972, Roe versus Wade was 1973. He has overseen, he's been the grand poobah 
of death. Right. He's overseen every abortion legally since Roe versus Wade and done nothing to stop it. So pray for his conversion because he's got a soul too. Let us pray for the Supreme Court. Let us pray for the safety of their families. Pray for all the good people around this country that, that run pregnancy resource centers, pregnancy help centers, homes for unwed mothers. Those are the people on the front lines. If they're in your community, support them. Write them checks, volunteer your time, give them donations, help them out. If you're someone who has a, an extra home, some people do, you know, some people invest in homes. Consider donating one to, to the people in your community that, that run the organizations of homes for unwed mothers. They always need help. As I said, there isn't a child that's been aborted that we couldn't find a home for. And that's through adoption or, God willing, you know, finding support for moms and babies as well. So I thank you for your time today. God bless you. Uh, may God bless your family. May God bless the United States of America. And on this Sunday, it's Father's Day. We'll end with a prayer to the greatest of all fathers, St. Joseph. We, we just ask for your prayers and your intercession for all dads, because abortion isn't possible and isn't, it isn't going to happen if men act like men and treat women with responsibility, with care, with adoration, with love. And don't put women in the horrible position of having to even consider an abortion. Let us pray for the gifts of chastity for all men. Let us pray for the gifts of wisdom and humility, understanding all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And may we see Christ in all that we do to be great witnesses in our own lives to those in our, in our influence. And we thank you, Lord, in Christ's name we pray. Everyone be blessed and have a great weekend. This is Hugh Brown with the American Life League, www.all.org. Check us out. God bless you.